G'day everybody, welcome to another episode of the Community Is Our Middle Name podcast, proudly brought to you by Grampians Community Health. My name's Gareth Olver. This week, I'm talking about something you may have seen around, especially if you've been in Ararat and surrounds. You might have seen it around, you might have seen it on social media. Resilient Ararat and the Resilience Project in general. I'm talking with Jane Moriarty, who is the Executive Officer from Central Grampians Local Learning and Employment Network, aka CG Len. And we're talking all about what Resilient Ararat is, what the aim of it was, what it does, and how she's been able to, or how Resilient Ararat have been able to get programs out over the past two years or so, or close to two years, under the various states of lockdown uh, and limited social interactions that we've had thanks to COVID. We also talked a bit about the Resilience Project, what resilience actually means, and about the GEM theory which stands for gratitude, empathy, and mindfulness. So we talk a bit about that and about ways that, that we can practice those those GEM principles as well. So a subject that I'm really passionate about, I think it's been a really good thing for the local community. So if you had questions about any of this stuff, if you're wondering what the Resilience Project was or wondering what it all means, hopefully we can clear up some of those questions on this week's podcast. So here is my chat with Jane Moriarty from CG Len about Resilient Ararat on the Community Is Eminent Name podcast, proudly brought to you by Grampians Community Health, for you, your family, and our community. I'm here with Jane Moriarty, who is the Executive Officer for Central Grampians, Len. Jane, before we get into it, welcome, first of all. Can you just explain for people who might not know what Len actually stands for? Yeah, sure. So um, Central Grampians Local Learning and Employment Network. Our name can be a little bit confusing, but basically we're an organisation in Ararat and we cover um, the Central Grampians region, which is the Ararat LGA and most of Northern Grampians. And we run different programs for youth in the area, um, mainly working with the schools. Excellent. And we're here to talk about Resilient Ararat and the Resilience Project in, in general. Um, Jane, how did you guys get involved with Resilience Project? How did Resilient Ararat get started? So basically there was a group of local teachers and principals that were really passionate about bringing the Resilience Project, um, a company from Melbourne, to the local area to help students. And so they developed um, a cluster of schools to to bring that curriculum to the local area and asked CG Len to be involved um, to manage, I guess, how that cluster would work together, but also a wraparound community-based project called Resilient Ararat, um, which basically promotes what the students are learning in the classroom out into the wider community. Yeah, we had a very quick chat about this before we, we got into the interview because, um, as I mentioned to you, I've got one one daughter who's at one of the schools who's doing this and I've got another one going there next year. So I think I think it's a wonderful program. Can you tell us a, bit, a little bit about the Resilience Project? I know a little bit about it. I've, I've got the book here somewhere. For people who aren't maybe as aware of what the Resilience Project actually is, can you just give us a bit of an overview of, of what it is and what it entails? Yeah, sure. So they're an organisation based in Melbourne who are founded by a man called Hugh Van Kylenberg. So 
I won't try and tell Hugh's story because he's much better at that doing that. But um, basically he travelled a lot in his early teaching years and in India noticed that um, the kids over there that didn't have as much as young people in Australia at the time were really happy and grateful and seemed to be a lot more resilient than perhaps students that he had taught in the past. Um, so he did a lot of research and, and founded this company basically that now go around and deliver workshops um, and presentations to corporate um, businesses, to schools, students and staff um, and do public talks as well around resilience and I guess how to um, be proactive with mental health and lead a positive lifestyle towards happiness which is based on the three pillars that they focus on is gratitude, empathy and mindfulness. The, the gem principle I believe they call it. Yeah. So what what was sort of the catalyst? I know you said that some of the schools got together with this but what was the catalyst for getting it started narrow? Did was there one or one group of individuals who sort of looked around and said, this is something we really need in our community? Or was it just something a bit more organic than that? Yeah, definitely. So I actually wasn't in my role or didn't work at CG Lend when it first happened, but and I hope I don't leave anyone out, but the key players were really Ellie McDougall, who is now the principal at Arak College, and also Ryan Oliver, the principal at 800. I think they sort of got together and, and realised that, this was probably something that needed to be focused on. It turned out to be really timely with what we've experienced in the last two years with COVID. Um, but the principals regularly meet as well of all the schools. And so they um, obviously had that discussion in one of their usual forums and it, it grew from there, I believe. But there has been different organisations involved at different times to get that ball rolling, including Grampians Community Health and PCP and, and um, we're a proactive policing unit and different organisations like that. So, yeah, I think once once it was highlighted as something that schools were interested in and something that was going to be prioritised for our local youth, it kind of, I guess, the key players got involved and it sort of progressed from there. Uh, obviously, it, it doesn't just focus on the schools. There's been a wider push into the communities as a whole what's what's the different approach you guys or the people who are running the resilient stuff are doing between what they're doing in the schools and what they're doing in the in the greater community because you guys are doing some awesome stuff in the in the community i can say that as a resident of our rural city yeah so i guess everything that we do is based around either the three principles of gem or or one of those principles um and really creating uh, an awareness of mental health and I guess how to be preventative in that space and protect our mental health. In terms of the differences, so the schools have actual curriculum. So they deliver classes and things like that to the students and then, you know, do different extra activities as well. But Resilient Ararat as the community-based project have focused on both promoting what the schools are doing, so through our social media and newsletters and different communications, but also tried to reinforce those messages, whether that be through our mental health week campaigns that have taken place in, in October of both years of the project so far, just trying to highlight, I guess, what that curriculum is based on, but also pushing it out to people that may not be exposed if they're not a family member of one of the students at a participating school. So you said that it, it's been going for around two years. I remember when it kicked off in our app, there was a big event at the uh, the town hall with uh, Martin Heppel, I believe, who's yeah, yeah. really involved. It was a, a big a big opening and a, and a big kickoff. And then all of a sudden COVID hit, as we all know all too well, and 
put us all into various states of being in and out of lockdown, working from home, um, remote learning. How much did you have to change course with what you were, you guys were, were, were doing or what um, Resilient Hour app were going to be doing with the lockdown? Um, to be honest, the plan probably got thrown up in the air a little bit. So I was in the project officer role for, I think it was about um, six or eight weeks prior to lockdown, our first lockdown last year. And we had developed a project plan for different activities that were mainly events-based or um, things where people came together face-to-face, which obviously couldn't go ahead. Um, So I think after that initial shock and realising that this probably wasn't going to be a short-term lockdown or a quick fix with COVID, we just changed to online or virtual events where we could or adapted the plan so that it wasn't, I guess, face-to-face. So it might have been through a mechanism like with the Coffee Cup campaign, we used the cafes that were able to stay open in a takeaway capacity. So those messages things could still be spread, but just not through, I guess, our original plan. And it's it's interesting you mentioned the Coffee Cup campaign. I, I had many of those coffee cups in my hand at various times, mostly from our little general store here in Moiston. You guys use social media really well. Was that something that was always going to be planned or was that another thing you had to pivot on because of the, the COVID situation? Yeah, I think we always had a communications plan around using Facebook and Instagram, but it definitely um, ramped up because that was one of our only means, I guess, of, of getting those key messages out into the community. And for the last two campaigns, it's, I guess, being the basis of the campaign is being able to tie it into social media somehow so that the campaign itself but also the, the mental health messages get spread out throughout the community because it might be people that we can't reach through our pages or through our newsletters or the schools, but they see it on a friend's post, for example. So I guess social media has grown in the last two years anyway, but it was always going to be something that we use, but it's definitely been one of the most important tools that we've had. And what's, what was the uptake like when you, when you went to the cafes with the, the, the coffee cup promotion, which was fantastic for people who don't know, it was you had special coffee, takeaway coffee cups made up where you could write in what you're grateful for. What was, what was the reception like from the cafes when you, you contacted them and said, look, this is something we want to do in our community. Would you be interested in, in taking part? Yeah, it was amazing. Everyone was really keen to get on board. Um, I think obviously it had been a challenging year for them to, so to have something positive that they could be involved in. Um, yeah, it was really well received, which was great. And has that been the overall sort of thing from the community that it's been really strongly received? Yeah, we've had great support. So from right from the start um, when there was a committee sort of involved for that very initial event when Martin came to the town hall, right through to sponsorships and each event that we've sort of put on or, um, yeah, been involved in has been really well received from the whole community. Uh, We're often receiving emails and messages and things like that um, with positive feedback from people, which has been great. And I think, I mean, obviously over the last 18 months to two years, it's mental health has been at the forefront. It's been sort of put under the spotlight a little bit. So having this type of project locally, I think, has probably, yeah, just really engaged people. Yeah, and I think it's something that we've probably needed more than ever in the last couple of years. Um, We've spoken a bit on this podcast around mental health, including with um, Councillor Lauren Dempsey, who is, she's Chair of Resilient Arrowhead or CG, Lynn? 
Um, so she's the chair of our CG Lend Board of Management. Yeah, so we, that is something we've spoken about quite a bit and it's I think the stuff that you guys have been doing has been excellent. One, one thing that I really liked and that my kids got involved in was sending pictures and the, the letters to the people in some of the retirement homes around the region. Where did that idea come from? Because that was brilliant. Yeah, so kindness in the mail. We I can't claim that one, unfortunately, but um, there was a health service um, that was connected to a, a retirement village up in the Mallee, and I can't actually remember the, which um, town they were in, but had done a similar thing. So we contacted them just to see that they were okay, that we adapted their idea a little bit. But I had seen different schools sort of in Metro Melbourne and a few different places doing similar activities and thought that would work really well. And we had a really strong working relationship with East Grampians Health Service. So because we were in a hard lockdown at the time, it was really good to be able to utilise that partnership and I guess make that happen because they had the residents there as well. So what was the feedback that you guys got from the residents who were in the supported accommodation with East Grampians Health? Yeah, it was re- really good. Um, we actually had a few residents that then wrote letters back um, and I don't know whether those sort of pen pal arrangements are still going on. But, yeah, I think it was they were so isolated. They weren't allowed to have any visitors at the time. So obviously staff were, were trying to bring different activities and things like that in to, to brighten their days and, I guess, try and prevent that isolation from being felt before Sixth Cent. But this was a little bit different and, yeah, it was received really well. That's really good. That's such a great idea. I would have wanted to claim credit for it as well because it's so, <laughs> it was brilliant. And and I can tell you that my kids really enjoyed doing it, especially when we, we told them where the letters were going. Mate. I think it, it gives it gives the kids who, are, who took part as well you know, just that, that bit of sense of community and, and doing something for people that they may not otherwise have done. Jane, what else did you have planned last year that you were able to do? Um, so last year we did um, a wellbeing webinar series as well. So our core activities for last year was obviously the launch event, the wellbeing webinars, which had different local professionals in the wellbeing space present online via Zoom, and we had it was it was just free um, free talks. So uh, we had people like Megan Ward delivered some mindfulness sessions and about emotional regulation. We had Kylie Plunkett do a yoga session. So there were yeah a series of yeah different locals completing those. We also had the coffee cup campaign that we've spoken about and. Through social media, we did some gratitude day posts as well, which is basically just on a Tuesday asking our followers what they're grateful for and then sharing that with everyone else. Um, so they were our main 2020 activities. I can I can say, I'll put my hand up, I, I took part in some of the gratitude day stuff. I sent some stuff in for that. So, And it is, it is nice to jump on the Instagram feed or, or Facebook and just see what, what people are grateful for in the community because it does... Mm does give you that nice little sense of, you know that there's something good happening jane we might take a really short break and then we might talk about what's coming up in the next year and maybe a little bit more around gratitude empathy and mindfulness um we'll be back very shortly The community 
This Amateur Name podcast is proudly brought to you by Grampians Community Health. Grampians Community Health offers a wide range of services across Western Victoria, covering the local government areas such as the Northern Grampian Shire Council, Arrett Rural City Council, Horsham Rural City Council, Pyrenees Shire, West Wimmera Shire, Hindmarsh Shire, Yarriambiac Shire, Central Goldfield Shire and Southern Grampian Shire. Services available from Grampians Community Health include alcohol and other drug support, carer support, community and age care disability support, including case management, uh, including NDIS support coordination and including plan management. Counselling across a wide range of sectors, including generalist counselling, homelessness support, gamblers help, community mental health support, and much, much more. For more information, head up to our website, gch.org.au, or give us a call Monday to Friday, business hours, 5358 seven four double zero we also have offices in ararat Saul, and horsham that you can visit communities aminal name podcast proudly brought to you by grampians community health for you your family and our community welcome back i'm here with jane moriarty Executive Officer for Central Grampians LEN, Local Learning and Employment Network. I got it right, Jane. I've learned something from this. I've learned a lot from this podcast already, but it's something I can definitely take with me. Jane, we spoke a bit about what you did last year. What's some of the stuff that you guys have done this year? I know you had a really successful campaign last month with the Random Acts of Kindness in the RAT. Can you talk a little bit about what that was? Yeah, sure. So... Again, obviously, we were impacted by COVID, so we tried to think a little bit out of the box. Uh, and our communications manager, Jesse, came up with this idea of um, focusing on empathy. So I think a lot of our previous activities had focused on gratitude and mindfulness, which were potentially a little bit easier to practice in an activity. So we decided to focus on empathy through kindness for this year's Mental Health Week campaign. And that involved, we distributed little um, sort of business size calling cards out into the community and planted a few random acts of kindness in local businesses and organisations as well. Um, and the schools also distributed these cards. And basically what the card was, was just encourage people to do a random act of kindness for someone else in the community. And when they did complete that um, act of kindness, they provided that person with the card or left the card, depending on um, the situation. And that card encouraged that person to then pay it forward and keep the momentum going throughout the week. Um, but we had, yeah, a really great response and, and heaps of those random acts of kindness were still happening outside the campaign time, which was great to see. It's excellent. I know that there was a person who wanted to remain anonymous out here at Moiston who dropped $50 on lolly bags for the local kids to just be handed Oh, wow. Out. Yeah, so I, that's, that stuff was excellent. I, I, I got a couple of those cards and I tried to pay it forward. I don't know if I was always that good at it. But. So, Jane, what's, what's, what's coming up next? I know you said off-air that uh, there was some stuff you wanted to run this year, but due to the restrictions that were in place, you couldn't run. Looking ahead to 2022 and beyond, what's next for Resilient Ararat? Yeah, so one of our main activities that we had planned for this year was called the Resilience Art Trail. Um, unfortunately, that one has to be delivered face-to-face to be effective, so we have postponed it until 
term one and term two next year. Um, but basically what will happen with that project is each school will work with a local artist called Alicia McInnes and now a, a select group of students from the school will do a design workshop with her and design a panel um, that reflects what the school community is grateful for. So some postcards went out earlier in the year when we thought we might be able to um, get this one off the ground to families and to students and teachers where they filled it in and told us what they were grateful for in their school community. And then we themed those um, and came up with different themes for each school that were really prominent and that will be reflected on the panel. Um, they'll, they'll then do a second workshop with Alicia, which will be open to all students at the school, uh, where they paint paint the design and fill it in, and then they'll be framed and um, installed on the school grounds or, like, on the fence in a public sort of a spot where people can see it and form a trail around the participating schools. So... Um, each panel will have a little blurb that explains what that um, artwork reflects, why the school community is grateful for, for that thing. And, um, yeah, we'll have a little trail that I guess is something that will be sustainable and, and longstanding to spread that, that message of gratitude and why it's important as well long after the community side of the project wraps up. I think that's a, that's a brilliant idea. I love that idea. Um, yeah, it should really, come together really well. I'm really pleased that um, that our little school out here will be taking part in that. That's um, that's an awesome idea, and it's it'll be a good way for people as well to get out and and see what's happening, you know, in the community. Follow the trail, go and see what's what's been put up around. That's a um, your idea. Uh, yeah, we came one? up with. No, I can take credit for that one. We came up with that one right at the start of the project last year. Um, but obviously it's a little bit larger scale than some of our other activities, so we had to source some funding, which we were really lucky to get funding from the FRRR um, program and also from Creative Victoria. So, yeah, we got that at the end of last year and then we're hoping to implement it this year, but, yeah, now it'll be at the, in the first half of next year um, and hopefully launch it um, with a, a, a public event with each of the schools um, involved at the end of term two, just before the mid-year break. That's such a great idea. I'm, I'm all over that idea. That's brilliant. How long do you see Resilient Ararat being being around for? Do you see it as being something that's going to be an ongoing part of the community or is it tied to funding in only, you know, short to medium term? What's what's the what's the overall outlook for Resilient Ararat? So the actual community-based project of Resilient Ararat is a three-year project, so it will conclude at the end of next year. We're planning a celebration event that I guess tells the story of of the project and, and the different activities that have been completed and then we'll also, um, I guess, let everyone know what this looks like going forward. So obviously the schools aren't going to stop teaching this curriculum and, and in encouraging students to look after their mental health and teaching the GEM principles. So that will continue for as long as, you know, as long as needed and as long as the schools want to be involved in, with the Resilience Project. But then Resilient Ararat is a little bit separate. So we haven't quite worked out exactly what the transition will look like. CG Len are kind of leaving that up to the schools in terms of the structure going forward in 2023 and beyond. But there will likely still be some 
aspects that involve the school community and the wider community that kind of reinforce those curriculum messages. Is it something that, that you've seen in the community that has, has really kind of stuck? Have you noticed a bit of a, an increase in some of these GEM principles in the, the gratitude, empathy, mindfulness stuff in and around Ararat and, and surrounds and even, you know, perhaps further through Northern Grampians and Pyrenees? Do you think there's been a bit of a shift in the way that we as a community have been thinking because of some of the stuff that you guys have done? I hope so. I mean, it's really hard to measure behavioural change, um, especially for something like this, where there's so many different factors involved, especially in a time of COVID. But we have received, as I said, we're always receiving um, emails and messages on on social media about different things that people have loved or that they've continued to do, um, especially around practising gratitude is probably one of the big ones. So I'd like, I'd like to think so. I think any kind of behavioural change does take a long time. So that's why it's really important um, that, and something that the schools highlighted before this all began is to instill these practices and the knowledge and learnings in primary schools so that hopefully the students that are um, being taught this curriculum and really these life practices now throughout their primary schooling, they will get to high school and it'll sort of be instilled it will just become a way of life or a habit to practice gem and yeah hopefully put them in a really good place for adulthood as well i read in uh in the resilience project book in, in hugh's book um that some of the first ones to take up the the gem principles were melbourne storm and uh richmond and to me it's no coincidence that they've been two of the most successful teams in their sports over the past couple of years. I think it's important sort of stuff. Can we can we get a little bit into the nitty-gritty of what gratitude actually is? What, what does gratitude mean, maybe for you personally, Jane? Yep. So gratitude to me, and this mightn't be a textbook definition, but is basically focusing on the things that you do have. So what are you thankful for? What do you have going for? Um, yourself in your life or what's been good today or this week um, rather than focusing on the negatives so there's you know there is different studies and things that have happened um, in the past that you know you could have seven great things happen to you and one bad thing happens to you in a day and focus on the bad thing Um, so I think we're kind of we're just wired to focus on the negatives or things like that that happen when obviously everyone has something positive going on in their day or in their life. So, yeah, I think it's just focusing on that. Yeah, I think you're spot on there. And I think things like, the, you know, the, the media and, and social media as well, where we, we do tend to get more of that negative stuff come to us. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that negative news and negative stories drive more clicks and they drive more revenue for some of the media companies. But I think that's a really good idea is to focus on the positives in our day. And I know that's something that uh, here at my house we try and do with, with my my kids and, you know, acknowledge the negatives but don't dwell on them. So like, that's a really great message. So I'm going to ask you the same question but about empathy this time. Um, for, for you, what's what does empathy mean for, for you and in your life? I guess just putting yourself in someone else's shoes and thinking about how they might be feeling or experiencing a certain situation or event. 
Um, it is probably the most difficult one to explain, but when you flip it from, um, say, something bad happening to someone else and how that might make them feel to, for example, the Random Acts of Kindness campaign and how that makes someone feel on the positive side, I guess it's caring about other people um, and how they're feeling and and being able to support them as well, yeah. Yeah, it's a bit like the old, the old saying about walking a mile in, in someone's shoes, you know. Yeah, definitely. And, and mindfulness has been a huge thing, as, as you mentioned earlier, over the past couple of years in particular. Um, we've seen that uh, mental health has been, you know, it's a lot more, more accepted. It's a lot more commonplace to talk about now over the last, you know, five, five years in particular, 10 years maybe. But mindfulness has been a really big thing in the last couple of years for people who aren't across what mindfulness actually is would you be able to give us and i don't care if it's textbook definition if that's that's cool (laughs) yeah Um, sorry just just what it is it's being in the present and focusing on what's happening now not thinking about the past or what's about to happen in the future um and i mean there's a lot of different ways that you can practice mindfulness and i think that is being um communicated a lot more broadly these days especially um in recent times but formal practice of mindfulness might be meditation but it might also be something like going for a walk um, without a phone or without music in your ears and and paying attention to your senses or what you can hear see smell you know things like that and I guess for a period of time really living in the moment yeah and I think that's a good way to to live and we do probably need to and I'm extremely guilty of this we do sometimes need to drag ourselves away from screens for a while and just just enjoy some of the more simple things in life. Jane, how do you practice the, the GEM principles? What, what's stuff that you do personally to, to practice those principles of GEM? So I have one of the Resilience Project um, diaries that I use, but, I mean, it, it can be really simple. In terms of practising gratitude, it can just be writing down three things that you're grateful for um, at the end of the day, and I find that's, I mean, it takes five minutes. It's, it's not something that's difficult to include in your, your day or your routine. And once you do start doing it for, you know, a week or two, it just becomes something that, that you do. Um, it's not difficult. Um, empathy, I think, as I said, it is a little bit harder to practice. But I think, yeah, just thinking about other people and particularly friends and family throughout the, you know, last two years, checking in with people. I love giving random gifts or the Random Act of Kindness um, campaign, you know, that kind of thing sits really well with me um, and I enjoy giving like that. Mindfulness, I'll be honest, I sort of ebb and flow a little bit in, in my practice. I do have a couple of apps like the Calm app and the Headspace app that do guided meditations and things like that which I probably need I can't just sit down and um, meditate by myself Um, a guided yeah a guided recording is much more beneficial for me Um, but I do try and just get out for a walk and not always take my phone and you know get off the screens um, as much as I can and especially before going to bed as well easier said than done and I'm not going to say that I do that every day um, or probably not even every week but yeah especially being involved in this project and 
um, listening to the Resilience Projects podcast and um, listening to Martin when he came and, and spoke to the community, I think has um, definitely instilled some of those practices into my life as well. And listening to the Communities of Name podcast as well. It's, that's, a, that's a good one too. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm, I, I'm not sure if it's still on there, but I think Netflix had a Headspace guided meditation program on there for a while. Okay, yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't haven't seen that one, but, yeah, definitely worth checking out. Yeah, after we tell people to drag themselves away from screen. But if it's, <laughs> to, if it's to help with your mindfulness, I don't think it's, it's such a bad thing. So Yeah, true. Yeah, so technology can be useful. We do tend to sometimes talk it down a little bit, but yeah. So when you when you do your writing in the diary, and I'm not going to get anything too personal in here, and I know you know what you write in there is obviously your business, no one else's. But does it sort of help crystallize that sort of gratitude stuff for the day? When you write it down, do you get that sort of sense of catharsis, so that you can go back and look at it and say, okay, cool, I've had one, two, three really good things happen today, and does that is that something you find really, really helps? Yeah, I think it just brings it to the forefront of your mind as well and makes you actually stop and reflect and think about those things. So their diary um, has specific questions on different days. So it might be um, something you're looking forward to tomorrow or, um, yeah, three things that went well for you today or someone that you appreciate today or that helped you and that kind of thing. So I think it just makes you stop and I I don't always use all of those questions. It might just be the three things. But I think particularly doing it at the end of the day when, you know, you might be tired and don't really feel like doing it. But if you do stop and just spend, I don't know, it might only take three to five minutes or something to do that, you do go, oh, actually, all of these things happen. I think we're all so busy, especially coming out of lockdown. Um, I know my calendar for work and um, socially is definitely filling up in the next six or seven weeks or however long it is until Christmas. So sometimes you do, I think, just need to stop. Absolutely. You need to take a bit of time to decompress. Um, and it's you're, you're spot on. It's a very, very busy time of the year. I've been looking at, um, at my calendar as well, and um, we've got a lot of stuff coming up, especially with the end of, yeah. end of the school and kinder years and like the Christmas and all the associated things that go with that. Jane, is there anything else that you'd like to sort of get across about Resilient Ararat or about the, the message around a Resilient Project before we wrap it up? Um, I don't think so. I think if um, people are interested in the project or in finding out more about the Resilience Project, um, they can follow Resilient Ararat on Facebook or on Instagram. Um, the Resilience Project itself, which is the curriculum that our schools are implementing, they have a really great website that has different sections of different um, activities that you can do at home or, like I said, they've got a podcast and things like that. So people could always find out more um, by looking further into their their resources. And I'll put a link to the um, Resilience Project website in the show notes and also put a link to the Resilient Arak Facebook page in the show notes as well for anyone who is interested. Jane, I really appreciate you giving up some time this afternoon to have a chat about all things resilience. It's, a, it's such a great subject. It's, uh, it's a wonderful thing. I think I said to you in an email that at Grampians Community Health, we, we loved the um, random acts of kindness in the RAT project and we're maybe considering, you know, borrowing some aspects of it for something ourselves in the yes. future. But thank you very much for, for coming on the Community Zeminar Name podcast and having a chat about resilience. 
No worries at all. Thanks for having me. Thanks again, Jane, for coming on the Community Examiner Name podcast. Of course, it was Jane Moriarty from CG Len, Central Grampians Local Learning and Employment Network, talking resilient ARAT and a resilience project in general. This has been another episode of the Community Is Our Middle Name podcast, proudly brought to you by Grampians Community Health. Grampians Community Health does service a wide range of areas across western and northwestern Victoria. So uh, hit up our website, gch.org.au, for more information on Grampians Community Health. Or give us a call, 5358 7400, Monday to Friday business hours. You can follow Grampians Community Health as well on social media. So facebook.com slash Grampians Community Health. And on Instagram and Twitter as well, jump on there, put in at GCH Grampians or just search for Grampians Community Health and you'll find us on those social networking services as well. Of course, like every episode, this episode was produced and recorded on the traditional lands of the Jabwurrung people and we'd like to pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. The intro and outro music was an original composition by our very own Andrew Parsons, and we use that with his permission. So thank you very much for that, Andrew. It's such beautiful music too. It's lovely. Very talented man. You can uh, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Podbean, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, on Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, pretty much anywhere where you can find podcasts, you can find this one. So like and subscribe. And leave a review. That would be really awesome too if you guys could leave a written review. We'd really appreciate that. And it does make it easy for people to find the podcast and to help us get our message out that we're trying to get across to our community and, you know, the wider community in general, but specifically our community here in the Grampians Wimmera. My name's Gareth Olver. This has been another episode of the Community's Earner Name Podcast. Thank you for being with me. I really hope you've enjoyed it. And like I said, thank you to uh, to Jane for talking about Resilient Ararat. I'm really keen on the Resilience Project. I'll have a link to their website in the show notes. That's all for this week, though, and I'll be back again very shortly with another episode of the Communities Men Name podcast, which is, of course, proudly brought to you by Grampians Community Health, who are here for you, your family, and our community. So long.